Hey there, bounty hunters. Captain Bootscoot here. I just wanted to let you know we are about to spoil basically all of the first two episodes of the 2021 live-action Cowboy Bebop adaptation, Cowboy Gospel, and Venus Pop. So if you haven't watched those two episodes, go do so right now and then come back and listen to us. All right, ready to go? Three, two, one, let's jam. Hello, and welcome back to The Sudden But Inevitable Rebop, the podcast where I take two anime-resistant first-timers through the series Cowboy Bebop, one or two episodes, or a movie, or, you know, maybe a brand new live-action Netflix adaptation at a time. Of course, I am your host, Vanilla Husband, a.k.a. Captain Bootscoot, a.k.a. Jesse, and with me as always this week is my good friend Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. How are you doing this week, my friend? Uh, it's been a good week and been some exciting events to pay attention to in our little podcast world, so I'm excited to be here. You know what makes me even more excited than those events is that I get to introduce the next person, which of course is my very, very good longtime friend, the head of the Twist My Arm Network and the host of the Twist My Arm podcast, Josh. Josh, how are you doing this week? I'm good. I'm here. I'm back. Um, I'm I'm excellent, actually. I'm doing really well. Um, this this week I was like, you know what? I'm gonna podcast and Boy, am I podcasting, so. You've already had an appearance on Marvel Canon Madness this week. We've got this very cool bonus episode that the cool listeners are in the middle of right now. And we've got Slither tomorrow on Sudden But Inevitable live. And by the time you hear this, you probably won't have time to make it live, but go watch Slither and then listen to our Slither episode, because I promise it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have Cameron from Green Shirt, a newbie's track through the next generation with us. I had never seen the movie before this week, and uh, I'm very excited to talk about it. Spoiler alert, I really enjoyed myself. You guys, Cowboy Bebop, Netflix, live action, adaptation. There are so many things to talk about here. First, let's get this out of the way. We were lucky enough to get access codes from the live stream of the first trailer reveal. They were handing out a link to give early access to the first two episodes of the series. So the three of us literally just finished watching these two episodes. And we are going to talk before about them. We're going to give you... Before yes. they were released. Let's just mention that. How let's... freaking cool is that? Yes. Yes. Let's reiterate that. I was trying to be humble. It's not in my nature. No. But I was, I was no. giving it a shot. <laughs> We didn't do anything. We were just in the right place at the right time. A lot of people got what well, we got. But you know what? it was still very cool, and we are very grateful for that. And by the time you are hearing this podcast, Cowboy Bebop will be available to everyone on Netflix. And this is going to drop at the same time as the series, Midnight. So, you guys, a lot of anticipation, a lot of expectations, a lot of you know potential pitfalls. Yeah, I've been unfortunately seeing a lot of naysaying before we even got to see anything so yeah and to be a hundred percent fair netflix doesn't have the greatest track record of live action anime adaptations 
I was just gonna say uh, the Death Note adaptation was like the movie was very, very poorly uh, received. Um, yes, and I would, <laughs> as a person who has seen the entire series and then watched the movie for a couple of reasons. I definitely see why it was poorly received. It had its bright spots. I, I, I mean, I think most things do, but um, they were not able to shine through the what the rest of the movie was. We'll put it that way. I know I'm not alone in that sentiment, but I know there are a couple... I've heard a few people out there that actually liked it, and I think it was probably due to a couple of the performances. But, I mean, right away, to Ricky D's point, I was seeing these people don't look anything like those animated characters and they're, you know, this, that, and the other. I'm like, are you kidding me? They're, they're fictional animated characters. Yeah, you can. Of course can. nobody looks like that. <laughs> that stuff is so obnoxious because, like, come on, man. You can't... What, are you going to just draw them into existence? I mean, I guess you could do, like, the, the 3D modeling thing and just put voices behind it, but then that's an that's anime, right? Action. Exactly. <laughs> that's just computer so, anime. I, I don't, I don't see all that... I don't know that that stuff is so irritating to me that hate before you even watch it kind of stuff because like give it a chance you know what I mean absolutely like, I gave the last Jedi a chance <laughs> and it was fine but like to wrap it back around to Cowboy Bebop um I am extremely um excited for this whole thing and yeah. I thought that. If if we're gonna go on just to talk about that to clear that up a little bit, I personally thought that all of the characters were really good, and very yeah. close to what they were on the on the original, um, and including the voice. Like you and I were talking during the showing, and I was like, "Holy shit, Jet's voice is like almost identical to the original." Well, in the John moments... Cho's voice, not so much, but his like his the movements tone. and and yeah. Yeah. It, the moments where the sound isn't exact and only on the voices, because we'll talk about the music at length, I'm sure. But f specifically for the characters' voices, the moments where they're not exactly what I expected, the tone is still 100% exactly what I expect, right? Like they've nailed their characters all the way across the board from what we've seen in the first two episodes. Everybody definitely has a feel for who their character is. We already have the macho, we don't talk about it, but I love you relationship built between Spike and Jet. And we get some really great hints at that. We have the, I, I'd say, we, we were talking back and forth, like you said it, Josh, in the chat, and I feel like this whole experience so far has been a remixed album quote-unquote of all of the scenes and the music and the tonality and the shots that we've seen before with some newly improv inspired stuff thrown over top of it do we know how many episodes is supposed to be the live action yeah 10 i, I think that, it's 10 in the first season and there are sounds right to I me. believe there will be multiple seasons if i'm not mistaken um i the, the thing that i think we all, like I said, we're going to have to talk about the music here because without the music, right, it couldn't be Cowboy Bebop. It couldn't even be an adaptation of Cowboy Bebop without the music. And right. ladies and gentlemen, friends, Vemperers, I have to tell you, the music is 100% intact and it is so effing good. Oh my God, it's, it's so not good. And it uh, permeates the show very naturally. 
It seems to be coming through Spike's headphones. It seems to be coming through the jukebox. Mm -hmm. It's the music from the anime exists in the live action world, which is just, you can touch it. And the, the digital aspect and the way that instruments can sound now compared to how they sounded back then is insane. (laughs) I mean, the harmonicas that you hear in this, like if you compare that to the old harmonicas in the original one, it's just like leaps and bounds better. And and that's that's coming from like a sound geek, you know, the guy that before we started recording was like, "Hey Jesse, can you turn down your mic a little bit, please?" <laughs> he but, didn't he didn't use that voice when he asked it, just so that we're clear. That's how I heard now, it. It, it. I mean, he again, it's not the voice; it's the tone. To, to tie it all together. This is a professional right. podcast. We're award-winning, <laughs> my friends. Um, really quickly, though, this very cool premiere event, which, again, happened before the actual premiere, uh, was hosted. I don't know if hosted is the right word. was introduced by Steve Aoki, and yes. he remixed the Tank intro uh, theme song. And... I mean, I know you guys were in the same boat that I was. We're all wearing our recording headphones. We all had our best setup available running this thing. You guys, I'm, I have goosebumps. Like, I, I turned my lights to show mode just to watch this because I was like, I need to be fully immersed. I need to feel the jazz. Maximum bebop. How many times did we say maximum bebop to each other? Maximum jazz in the chat. Like, five <laughs> times, six times throughout? Like, Yeah. I did the same. I ran from my laptop to my desktop because I was like, I have to, I have to see this in real, real actual computer world. <laughs> the scene that they opened with, which is essentially okay. Spoiler alert: We're gonna spoil most of the first two episodes here. So please, if you haven't watched it yet, go watch it right now. It just became available, and as soon as you're done watching the first two episodes, come listen to us. But the way they open this first episode, Ricky D. From Best Flicks with Ricky D, what do you got? Before we get into the opening of the intro, or the opening of the first episode, I do want to talk about, uh, you said it was hosted by Steve Aoki, and then a whole bunch of the actors were also kind of, like, introducing the show. And there was an Easter egg dropped at the very end of that, that I know everybody's been very, very curious and almost antsy about. But they said when the entire show drops, the cast will be back, and there will be a radical addition to those people so there's been a lot of talk finally there's been a lot of talk about where is ed he hasn't been in any trade she sorry <laughs> uh she hasn't been they. in it's gonna be they i it probably her, will be their she pronouns was def- are, are they she was definitively there. she in the original and they have the grand character which was extra executed masterfully if i may mm-hmm. But it, to to be totally fair, I think you, either of you could be right. I think they may go down that path as well. Sorry, but I go just ahead. there was, I felt like that was a very clear Easter egg saying, "Don't worry, guys. 100%. Radical Edward is coming." Now here's the thing, Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Our listeners already know that because they follow me on Twitter at Sudden Butt, and I retweet. Every cool pertinent, not every cool pertinent piece of information, but basically somebody put out a very uh, scathing criticism of Netflix that was like, you know, doing this without Ed is like building a cover band, but not hiring a bassist. And they just said, did you hear us say there was no Ed? And I retweeted that and was like, 
like at what point did people think Netflix would go to all of the trouble we can clearly see they've gone to to preserve the essence, the soul, the nature, the bones, the blood of this thing. And then they would go, let's leave that character out. Like, come on, they're not. They seem to have learned every lesson that we were hoping they would learn with their next live action anime adaptation. Let me just say it that way. You know that Ed is going to show up like at the towards the end, though, right? I'd be totally fine with that. Like it's going to be. I, I mean, I I could even see it being the last episode to be like, oh, season two is going to have more. Would be totally but, okay with that. I, I hope absolutely. they don't say no, it I like totally that. Agree. But no, <laughs> <laughs> I total I, I just think that's uh, kind of the route they're going to go. And if not the very end, at least maybe two or three episodes before the end. You know, so you just like yeah. want more. I feel like after these first two episodes, I really wanted more of Faye. Yeah, so I was going to say, it feels like, to that to that remix um, theme, it feels like they're expanding on all of those first four to five episodes of the original series so far. They're remixing pieces. They're putting things where we're not used to them being. I'm going to throw this out here right away. This is not a shot-for-shot remake. Um, the shots from the original series are in here, most of them. But it is not in exactly the same order and set to the exact same music, this, that, and the other thing. It is very, very, very much a remix. It is it's kind of the only thing. I keep coming back to that, and, and it, it is that. It's like they took what there was, they changed up the order of it, and then they improv stuff and added to it and expanded what was there. Did you have something to add, Josh? I'm sorry. Yes. Dare I say this is a little more linear than the original to me it seems like it's gonna be more of oh you're seeing a story like you're seeing a story played out in these episodes instead of just a bunch of random 90s cartoon episodes that have maybe a little bit of a backstory sometimes here and there sprinkled in yeah instead of getting like serialized flashbacks throughout it's here's that entire story with these entire stories. And to Ricky D's point, at the end of that, they could go, here's where Radical Edward comes in. This is, you know, how this is different going forward. Now, in in the most basic way, I love how it's different. I love how it's the same. I, I really am impressed with the balance that they're pulling off here. Um, there is some kind of... They looked at the bottle with the lightning in it, and they replicated it as far as i can tell we're two episodes in you guys but i i have no complaints i don't have no complaints i have very few very small minor complaints is what i will say (laughs) so let's just get into this first scene because i think it's really indicative of a lot of what we saw tonight this opening scene in the casino is essentially a remixed version of the opening scene of the movie right where somebody is being held up and there's yeah (laughs) And there's somebody in the bathroom in the middle of a heist, and Spike walks in with the headphones on. He's not paying attention. They go, oh, he's a cop. And he goes, nope, just a humble bounty hunter. And it's, but they put it in the casino, right? And then they show the difference between conventional weaponry, which we're used to from the series, and a little bit of energy weaponry, which is maybe a little bit of a remix item here. And they blow a hole in the wall, um, not entirely out of carelessness, but let's say out of, you know, style, stylish carelessness. Yeah, stylish carelessness. And then one of the slot machines hits triple sevens, 
money pours out, hits zero G, and then literally smacks Spike and Jet in the face as they're attempting to hold on and not get sucked out into the vacuum of death. What a perfect visual metaphor. You are failing this job while succeeding at this job. The money is flying past you, literally hitting you in the face, and you can't grasp it. You can't hold on to it. You're not going to make enough to fix all this damage. You're just going to get enough to cover the bounty. It's What did you guys think? Do you feel like this intro accomplished hooking you in as somebody who has seen all of Cowboy Bebop? I love that I can say that to both of you. I yes. Um the whole scene though I was like, is this what happened at the beginning? I don't remember this. But it's mainly because the whole movie thing. Um I wasn't around for the movie. There was I didn't actually get to watch the whole movie and I was very distracted around the time that we were trying to cover that. So I could not remember where I had seen that, but I knew it was not from the very beginning. But I still really thoroughly enjoyed it. I like audibly laughed. Um, one of those like ho ho when he kicked the coin <laughs> at the dude's head because it was great. <laughs> it was cheesy. It was yeah, a great it was way. super cheesy. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is this is what we're doing. This is great. This is wonderful. This is exactly what I wanted. The let's not take ourselves very seriously because this isn't a very serious show. And let's let's make it fun and exciting for, you know old viewers that love the old show let's make it as serious as it needs to be right but not one iota more serious than that it's definitely a i don't want to say tarantino-esque what i'm what i mean to say is that they are definitely pulling off a pastiche here right of like the graphic novel 70s noir aesthetic of some kind like they're they're managing to translate something we already know into a language that doesn't seem foreign but is still new and and i don't know i just i can't get over how in love with it i am um there's a there's a thing that happens in the first episode that kind of threw me because we get an introduction of Faye that is not consistent with the introduction of Faye that we're used to what did you guys feel about that I, sorry, Ricky, you go. First, yeah, because I have a question. Uh, I'm actually really liking this version of Faye. I had a little bit of issue with the uh, anime version of Faye. I didn't like her that much. Uh, my main issue with her was I felt like she was kind of underhanded and deceptive. She pretended to be their friends, but she was really just trying to milk them for resources and opportunities. But the start out of Faye in this one is she's overtly hostile towards them. And in a fairly comical way. So I I like that a little bit more. It's more straightforward version of her. And it can definitely kind of change as their relationship grows. But I had fun with this version of Faye. Josh? So I need a reminder. How did Faye get introduced again? Like she came in. So in the original series, they go to the casino and she has already been planted there by the owner of the casino to like pull this, basically right. this okay. fake gambling with, with a mark. And then... Now, okay. Now yeah. I remember. Yes. So okay. they, and they end up, Spike ends up sitting in that guy's spot and sort of looking like him and they capture her anyway and they put her in the bathroom. She ends up in the bathroom in this, in this episode of the live action one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but the Dropping first time bombs. Wow. Yeah, so she in the first in the first episode we see her in in the original series, she never meets Katarina or Asimov, and that's where she shows up in this series. And yeah, she's got a mouth on her. <laughs> yeah, and she does. I got to say I love R-rated Cowboy Bebop. I really love that they're letting this be R-rated because We've got the smoking. I know that was a concern that you both had. We've got swearing. We've got violence. We've got stylized blood, you guys. Blood. We've got guns. <laughs> there are swords. There looks to be nudity. There, It's a grown-up version of a grown-up show that we watched when we were kids. like, I, Or that I watched when I were kids. Um, but, you know, I, I, uh, you guys, I, I had an absolute blast. Yeah, I also had a blast. Like it was I mean everything about this, the let's I mean let's talk about the the ships and going oh. through the space uh, bazooka whatever you call that thing. The gateways were the gateways, just sorry. Mwah, They yeah. were so well done. It was exactly how we I mean it's the oh, the translation is so good. They're speaking the same visual language but in a slightly different font and it is a higher definition font and <laughs> i i'm i'm loving the whole thing you guys the gates were just ugh. okay do you Even guys down to the pagers man they still the have pagers. the pagers in there it's i have wonderful. to ask this though because i need to know if you guys care about me and this is one of those moments where i'm glad we're pre-recording because if this goes totally flat then i can just pull it out do you guys was there Maybe a particular shot in either of these two episodes that when it happened, you guys went, there you go, Jesse, there's your shot. You can shut up about it now. Yeah, it was uh, with the Corvette and the motorcycle. Corvette and the motorcycle and? Maybe the fins touching the water. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, if one of you guys doesn't get this, this is going to look really stupid. Josh, you and I have known each other a long time. I really appreciate that. Yeah. They did it. It was for me. They did it for me. <laughs> Personally, and I appreciate that Cowboy Bebop at Cowboy Bebop Netflix. You didn't have to do that for me, and you did. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> that was a really cool scene. I think out of those two, though, my my favorite was the yeah. No, you know what? I think my favorite was the the girl in space with the uh, with all the stuff falling out of her and all the you know red what? eye falling out of her. I thought that was a really cool shot. That was a really cool shot, Josh. You know what, you guys? Since this isn't live, let's look at some pictures together and let's just talk about them, okay? Let's just... <laughs> Do you guys want to talk about some of the pictures? So as Josh had mentioned, uh, this shot is Katarina just floating in space. She's got the vials of red eye all around her. She just flew headfirst into the police barricade and was just destroyed by machine gun fire. This is basically one of those shots pulled directly from the original series and then just rendered in live action. Now, not every shot in the show is like that, but enough of them are that you can see that they've essentially, like I was saying earlier, they are just remixing everything we've seen and adding more to it. So they've taken the bones of what they know that we love and put in all the most necessary pieces. This, this for example, the story with Katarina and Asimov... If I didn't get some version of this, I would have been a little upset. I'll be 100% honest. I tr I'm trying not to be like gatekeepy or like overly expectation-y with any of this stuff, but that one thing might have upset me a little bit just because it's so iconically Bebop to me. I agree with you. I think that they know what 
people want. Like they can remix all the stories all they want, but there have there's got to be specific shots in specific storylines that people just are dying to see. You know, and this is absolutely one of them. The the gates were another piece of that. I mean, yeah. seeing you know seeing the the Corvette is another part of that. Like all of these different scenes, even in even the him kicking the coin and stuff, and like just there's a certain expectation that the fans, the older generation, is expecting to see, and I think the creators knew that. Um, and and you can you can tell just by the way they chose the music, just by the way they did the music, is they knew that there were certain expectations, and and it seems like they're fulfilling those. I mean, dude, this shot, I was just like looking at it all super close like the color palette on this is gorgeous the way that the like vials shine yeah. and kind of light up her face and that you know and then you see the pieces of the ship around her and they're really making those colors predominant you know like i'm really excited for more of this for sure and speaking yeah. of expectations and the things that we all want to see uh there is another easter egg that i saw in the intro uh, we are definitely going to be getting the Mushroom Samba episode somewhere yes. in here. Uh, we got mm. to see the uh, the tall kind of kung fu guy with the afro. He's hanging out in the intro credits. So when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, these these are the things we want to see." This is what we well, want. and he yeah. could be he could be from Stray Dog Strut as well after okay. he got his plastic surgery. But there, dude. I mean, if they put in. <laughs> How many times did I text you guys the word dude while we were watching these two episodes? I can go count. I mean, seriously, was like 10 plus. I had a lot of fun. I feel like anything where that we intuitively are thinking to ourselves, this piece has to be there, it's going to be there. Like, for example, the title cards for the episodes that say session numbers, those look exactly like the title cards from the original series. The opening the credits. Oh, yeah. so cool. <laughs> the, oh, now, and I do really like that they have similar uh, name structures without being the exact same names. We've got Cow Cowboy Gospel, for example, for session one, instead of Asteroid Blues or, you know, Straight Dog Strat. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's still a style and like a music choice and I, I i love it now we also have a lot of new stuff here and so for example go ahead and open that shot of vicious and julia vicious and julia uh what <laughs> because this was definitely implied in the original series right but in this take it would appear they are definitely just in a relationship and they're married she yeah and julia definitely used to be with spike and now she's with vicious and it's very serious. Um, the whole relationship goes on an arc in the first two episodes. Let me tell you, friends. Yeah, holy cow! I, what I mean, what I, do you guys you, feel about this? I feel like these are original plans. I feel like this, this right here, maybe have been flashbacks that we would have seen in a second season or something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like going back and telling the story that they originally wanted to put into things because they have time now. They can take the original 20, however many episodes, 24 episodes, and stretch that shit out by adding original plot points that they really wanted to add to make it a little more serialized or however they wanted to do it. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily know how the production went with the original Cowboy Bebop. I didn't look into it that extensively or anything. Um, 
but it just kind of seems like they always intended it to be just kind of a one season show but they but they wanted to tell a bigger story it makes me wonder if they went hey do you have any notes uh that you took on the first original series that you just went here's clearly what happened but we're not going to draw these scenes and because these scenes like you said they feel natural they feel organic to the story we already know which is right. insane, considering the story we already know is exactly one season long and comes from 20 years ago. Like, right, right. That's crazy. Ricky, did you have any, like, qualms with this? Were you, like, upset about the fact that there is... Because I know how picky you are when it <laughs> I was comes gonna to say, movies and stuff. Like, give are us you some okay with the fact that this is probably going to be a driving force of the story, Spike getting back to Vicious for stealing his girl. Oh, uh, I'm not too concerned about that. There are some weird little things. There, There's some moments in the show that are kind of goofy when they try and take it from anime to live action. Uh, there's something like uh, Spike has this really cool dive move that he always does yeah. in the anime. He's always diving behind uh, cover for a gunfight. And when John Cho does it in real life, it just, it's a little clunkier. It's a little, eh. but sure. there, there's some little things like that. But for the most part, I think they're doing an amazing job. Uh, I have very, very few complaints. I, and a lot of the Cowboy Bebop attitude is kind of goofy. Yes. So you have to really take any of these little flaws that look a little weird or you know you think that maybe it could be done better and go it's meant to be kind of goofy they weren't going for perfection constantly they were going for their own target it's like the uh blood in kill bill right they're not going for realistic they're going for style and to communicate like this is crazy They, they want you to know it's crazy would you say that most of your nitpicks, uh, Grumpy Fish, are visual, or do you have any that are tonal or you know dialogue based or anything like that? I have one. <laughs> That's. Did you guys notice the uh, anime grunt that Jet gave out when he was like scolding Spike at one point? Yes. Okay. I just. I loved to, it. To bring that. You up. didn't like that. Well, I hope I mean... there are so many <laughs> mouth noises in this show, Josh. <laughs> Like they I hope already you were watching watching Spike eat was but oh my god. We're gonna so what we're gonna do is we're gonna create this very cool sudden but inevitable bonus episode. And then as soon as it hits your ears at midnight tonight, we are all gonna be watching the next available episodes <laughs> on Netflix when they come out. And I just hope that it is like eighty percent mouth noises for you. That's all Dude. that's all I really want. Do you have Ricky D, do you have any do you have any other nitpicks that are not visual in nature? I don't think I do. I you I agree with you that the tone is perfect. Uh we're it's it's a really great experience. I'm excited to go through this. Yeah. The the only visual nitpick that I will make is the um facial hair on jet while it is perfectly placed and exactly how i want it to be as far as the general look goes the actual hair itself that makes up his beard is a little faux looking um i'm gonna assume that that's in a that's 
a result of a an ultra high definition camera and b it also is a choice it's clearly a choice that they made to go you know what give him kind of a fake looking beard and because it's pulpy it's it's you know like we said it's 70z it's style based it's got some some definite choices were made here um i would also like to point out because i like to stay consistent in my character that shot that we were looking at of vicious and julia there's a silhouette in it (laughs) just just throwing that out there there's a silhouette there's a lot of silhouettes in this series in the first two episodes even you guys and i i am in heaven i'm absolutely loving it did jet have a daughter in the original series what jet has a daughter in this series like spoiler alert yeah jet has a daughter in this series you guys i don't necessarily know that i mean like i can tell you there was no hint that he had a kid in the old series and like that's what it was kind of messing with me because i was like wait man do i really not remember it that much like what happened here but yeah it was very interesting i wonder if we'll get to meet jet's daughter at all uh we absolutely will um, if you follow any of the social media for the official Cowboy Bebop account, uh, there is definitely, we have been introduced to a character who is definitely most likely Jet's daughter. Okay. Um, there are new characters. There are old characters. There's, there's, there's just so much to get through. You guys, I can't, I, I feel like between the three of us, we've come up with three or four nitpicks, and they were all really small visual things. Would you guys agree? Like, Absolutely. On the whole, are you guys exuberantly pleased with this? Yes, absolutely. I am, like, I, pff, I'm about to, you know, hit up my friend and be like, hey, you want to come over so we can watch Bebop <laughs> at midnight? Yeah. <laughs> Six months ago, I didn't know that I loved this show. And now right. I'm being just drowned in it, which is great. Yeah. I'm kind of okay uh, with it. Yeah, just just keep putting my head under the fountain that is the bebop. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that, you guys. This is so cool. I there was I, I have to tell you, you know, when when I told you guys, okay, we're gonna do Cowboy Bebop for season two of Sudden But Inevitable. I know that neither of you was like excited. I like, definitely the, rolled my eyes. That's the point of the series that I choose, right? Is to Give maximum resistance so that if you guys come on out on the other side of this enjoying yourself, it's like there was an actual narrative here. Like, and and we shared something together, you know? Like, you know how many people I get to introduce shows that are this old to? All of our listeners. Us. (laughs) Our listeners and the the two of you. And that's pretty much it. So, yeah, I'm... I love Sudden But Inevitable. I really love having both of you guys back in the seats with me. Josh, having you, quote-unquote, behind the glass is definitely the way that Ricky D and I from Best Flicks with Ricky D prefer to run our podcasts on the Twist My Arm Network. So thank you for being here. I know that it takes a little bit more effort right now for you to be part of the show, and for you to go to that effort means the world to both of us. So thank you. Yeah, man, that's the you know the first thing I, I had to do in this new chapter is set up my podcast room like i just had to do it immediately and uh i did and i'm I'm excited to be to be doing this again i'm really excited to talk about slither with cameron oh man slither i i again <clears throat> spoiler alert i had never seen it i had a lot of fun let's 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 do our best to Wrap this up, you guys. This bonus episode is not going to be two, two and a half hours. hours long like, <laughs> like a normal episode of Sudden But Inevitable because that episode is happening like eight and a half hours from now. So you're getting two 
two chunks of Sudden But Inevitable in one week. That's pretty cool uh, from my perspective. I hope the listeners are excited. So uh, let's say if you guys had to pick a favorite moment, it doesn't have to be a shot, right? Because there was a lot of haphazard, like, quick, you guys, let's throw a show together. Let's watch this together. Which, by the way, I love the Netflix event idea where everyone is watching at the same time. Yeah. That felt really communal. Mm-hmm. I loved that. Yeah. That was fun. Did um, Was there a chat room in there? Oh, yeah. There was a chat going, like, the I whole time. That? I... I was in it until the stream started, and then I and I closed okay. it and went full screen, and because I wanted the I most version I could have. I would love to see what some of those guys said. I'm sure there, there was, was a some lot of haters in there. It was. I will tell you from what I saw, it was mostly positivity. I saw one okay, or two good. people at the very end go, "Yep, four out of ten, or you know, uh, I was hoping for more. And I'm like, "You mean you were hoping it would be longer? I don't know what you mean by that, because you got everything you could possibly want out of these first two episodes, and you're a terrible person." Anyways. So if if you could pick one moment from these first two episodes that you feel like really you went, okay, I'm totally on board. I cannot wait for the, the rest of this series. Josh, let's start with you. What would you say was your I'm totally hooked and this is what I wanted it to be moment? If you could the pick one. The intro? The intro um, scene with the, the holdup or the credits? Going through the credits. So the casino gotcha. scene going into the credits. Um, it was a really good hook. You know, it was, it was like someone cast a Cowboy Bebop line with a bunch of John Cho bait on it and just hooked me and reeled me in and then punched me in the face with uh, with the theme song. Um, <sighs> and it was great. And it was good to hear it because the theme song is obviously re-recorded. It's different. And... Honestly, it's 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 the music. Let's let's be real here. The music through both episodes um, is incredible, and I'm excited to hear all of it. I agree as fatly as I can. Uh, Ricky D, my friend from Best Flicks with Ricky D, if you could pinpoint a moment other than the one Josh so surreptitiously stole from us. Both. Uh, Josh Sorry. is picking out the very beginning of the first episode. I'm going to go with the end of the second episode uh, when they were fighting the teddy bear bomber in the uh, giant ship. It was so drenched in sarcasm and weirdness and surreality because there's this guy with bombs and there's trap bombs on his ship and he's wearing a giant teddy bear mask and he's a legitimate threat. This isn't meant to be funny. This is meant to be a real threat that has to be deal dealt with. And it's just two very different worlds clashing in a really beautiful way. I a hundred percent agree with that. And I think your description of it is beautiful. The guy is like, he's, he's in a comical physical way, standing there in his underwear. Yeah, the underwear with mask. the giant mask is really like, yeah. sold, sold it. But the fact that you said, like you said, you you're forced to take him seriously in that moment is what adds to that surreality. It's not funny; it's absurd, yeah. and it is somehow in that way realistic. Like, which is insane to say out loud because nothing about this should be realistic, right? Right. Um, okay, so for me, outside of just the pure ecstasy that I felt when the fins of the bebop hit the water which is obvious. 
and the pure ecstasy that I felt when Spike opened the cargo bay doors and drove the swordfish out for the first time, which I had seen in the trailer. I mean, I knew that was coming. For me, it was the bar scene with Asimov and Katarina because as soon as they walk in, we're like, okay, I totally know what I'm about to get. This is great. This is exactly what I want. Okay, where's the red eye? Okay, where's the bartender? But immediate difference. Katarina sits down and the bartender goes, I'm giving you tequila. And she goes, I shouldn't be drinking, like, clearly, right? Whereas in the anime series, she just sits down and goes, give me a drink. And it's a subtle way to say, oh, she shouldn't be drinking. In this, they put a hat on it. She goes, I shouldn't be drinking. And they go, <laughs> chick's like, you know, drink tequila anyway. <laughs> so I went, oh, it's what we expected, but it's a little bit different. And then the last guy in that mob, instead of trying to shoot Asimov at point blank range, having him dodge a bullet at the last second and then kill him... The last guy instead just runs away, which is like, that's a Indiana Jones moment, right? Like, that's what you should do. It's more practical. It makes more sense. That's what that's the choice that 99% of people would make. So that whole interaction for me, just knowing, okay, we've got the bones and the blood of what we love and know, and they're going to treat it respectfully, but they're going to be this much different about it. It was like, I'm hooked. I'm sold. Three, two, one. Let's jam. I am so ready for the ride that Netflix is going to take us on with a live action Cowboy Bebop. Let's get a consensus rating going here, you guys. I'm going to give these first two episodes, just for sake of giving it some reasons for growth, some space for growth. I'm going to give these first two episodes an 8 out of 10. What do you guys think? 8 out of 10, right there. Yeah. Very excited. Room for growth. I would give it even more room for growth, though, and give it a seven. <clears throat> Just because I have you back, I know. Josh. <laughs> Just because I know, you know, I know that it's gonna. There's gonna be a lot more, and there's gonna be better episodes than these first two. So I have, I have every confidence. I, I'm, I'm fully willing to agree with that. So, you guys. We have a lot ahead of us this week. We still have an episode of Sudden But Inevitable to do later tonight. We're going to watch Slither. I'm very excited. Cameron from the Green Shirt Podcast and Newbies Trek Through the Next Generation is going to be here. And then we're going to have this episode out at midnight tonight as a bonus episode. You guys, we are back. We are back. You can't see me, but my thumbs are up. For the sudden but inevitable rebop, I have been your host, Jesse. I'm Josh. And this is Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. And remember, whatever happens, happens. Thank you for listening to the Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch. Follow us on Twitter at Sudden But. Find us on Instagram at Sudden But Inevitable Podcast. And join the show live in the chat at youtube.com slash twistmyarmpodcast. Or to get everything all in one place, go to twistmyarmpodcast.com slash SBI. The Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch is a Twist My Arm podcast. The views and opinions expressed on this show are held solely by those speaking them.